When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin and Joe. What a weekend, right? Lakers got a big win. We are getting ready for the quarterfinals of the uh, in-season tournament that the Lakers uh, get to participate in and get an extra game against a really tough team. Uh, Again, a really big win against a good team. They got some wings back, and and uh, I think Darvin Ham did a good job in using them. Max Christie looks like he's really carved out a role for himself. Uh, but, of course, we have to start with the biggest news of the weekend. Apparently, Ime Udoka wants all the smoke with LeBron? Huh? I mean, I guess we have to break it down, right? We, we have to. We have no choice in the matter. Uh, so in the fourth quarter or so, uh, the Lakers were up by 16, I believe. Um, and, and you know, we're, we're in full control of the game. The Rockets were pretty frustrated. Um, Ime Udoka, uh, after a, a Tari, Ar, Tari Eason was at the free throw line, and Cam Reddish kind of bumped him, and Cam winds up getting a T. Right, Fred Van Vliet steps to the free throw line. You get some jawing back and forth between uh, everybody who was on the court. And eventually, you see Ime Udoka kind of call Eason over to the sideline. And that's where we pick things up. Here's a clip of that moment. There, there's not a fighter out there. They're all, they're doing is, all they're doing is selling wolf tickets. <laughs> all right, now in that clip, I'm going to play it again. In that clip, watch what... Uh, Yudoka says here, right? He is start. He is now yelling onto the court. In it appears, well, it was in LeBron's direction. So he's yelling at LeBron. The you know what I think has now been figured out. We are now you're you know either watching this on Monday morning or you are listening to this on Monday morning. Uh, in this clip, he pretty clearly says, "You guys are acting like bitches," right? And um, that is a very loaded word among professional athletes and uh i think specifically black professional athletes that is that is not a term that you want to use again here's 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 where i think everything really takes a turn there's not a fighter out there they're all they're doing there (laughs) stop acting like bitches man stop acting like bitches all right. So the next clip I'm gonna I'm gonna play is from uh, somebody a, a fan had their phone ready to go, where you can see LeBron saying like, "Don't throw that the, don't throw that term out there loosely, right? Don't use that term so loosely." So here's that one. Come on, bro. 
don't use that term so don't use that term so loosely we're all grown men out here don't throw that term so loosely and then the final clip and this is uh where yudoka earns himself an early night uh he already had a t going into this moment uh this is i think a super lame move on yudoka's part bonds more to this are you seeing like right, yeah you don't like it you don't like it what are you gonna do you don't usually see you don't usually see stuff like this where coaches and players a a t right it's a double t so lebron picks up his t yudoka picks up his second t yudoka has shown the door and uh that is the night that last clip though um i'm gonna play it again uh, for those of you who are listening or watching on YouTube, by the way, subscribe on YouTube. This is a, a a channel where you get all kinds of Lakers stuff, all kinds of nonsense like this. Full breakdowns of 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 an exchange, a verbal exchange between Ime Udoka and LeBron James. But here's that final moment one more time. Bonds more to this. It's a renaissance is what it is. You don't yeah. usually see. You don't usually see stuff like this. Where coaches and players. Incredible speech. <laughs> facial expressions i grabbed some of my favorite facial expressions so i'm gonna i'm gonna go in order of of my favorites uh top to bottom favorite to well no we'll go the other way we'll go we'll go not least favorite because they're all incredible to me but um this one's hilarious this is right after the the ejection happens and this lady could not possibly <laughs> She's just like, oh, what? And she would have been the most shocked person in this group if not for this lady who like falls backward in her chair. Oh my god, the humanity! Oh, um, she is, uh, you know, of, of some different, I think, uh, cultural background and. Um, I recognize this reaction from my own mom uh, who, yeah, if like if something happens in front of her and she just like runs out of words to use, she just leans back in her inner chair and and just, oh, God. you know, it's like like there there are no words to prod. There are no words, no um, English words that she would maybe know in that moment to like, you know, fully extrapolate the emotion of that, that moment um then my next my, my my second favorite one is actually this guy was kind of a star of not the star but a star was this dude here who uh when when the ejection happens is just what what <laughs> so uh, that was incredible. That was that was uh, you know everybody's face in that section was pretty well summarized by that guy, but the star of that clip, not LeBron, not Ime Udoka, not the referee who threw Udoka out, not even the the either of the women who had no other response than to just cover their faces. Uh, no, the star of that clip is this dude who. <laughs> Uh, who actually appears works for the Houston Rockets and spent the entirety of that clip uh, looking upon his boss essentially with like you're not you're not gonna oh okay you you are gonna 
do this thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna play that last clip where you you Ime uh, Udoka does actually get thrown out one more time. So you guys can uh, zoom in on my favorite guy of that uh, of that video. Spawns more to this. He's just. He's just you don't usually see you don't usually see stuff like this for coaches and players oh all right well i better i better prep the assistant coach who's going to be coaching the rest of this game which was over by that point right the lakers you know a little bit later uh build almost a 20 point lead they wind up losing a chunk of that lead and, and they wound up winning the game by only uh 10 points but uh, yeah, just an incredible, incredible, you know, hilarious moment for a variety of reasons. My, 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 I think my favorite reason that I find that the most uh, funny is that <laughs> the internet immediately jumped to the conclusion that LeBron uh, <laughs> essentially teased Yudoka for fumbling Nyalong. And um, I'm not going to comment. One way or the other on that, but you can't fumble night long. You just you just cannot do that. So yeah, that is uh, that was the biggest moment of the weekend uh, here for the Lakers. That was LeBron James and Ime Udoka going back and forth. LeBron, after the game was asked about it, said that apparently he and Udoka were talking about their Thanksgivings and how they went. Um, maybe Ime said that like the best dish at a Thanksgiving table is like cranberry sauce. In which case, you know what? You do deserve to get ejected for that kind of an opinion, right? Um, maybe he said that the best way to prep a turkey is in the microwave, which or to boil it, right? And you know, if that was if that was his take, then then yeah, like he should not just be ejected from that arena, but probably like from you know society. Uh, and uh, but but no, and I, I I you know there is no real view here other than the second one that I played where uh lebron you can you can't really tell what lebron says in the seconds before yudoka gets thrown out right uh he just i i thought lebron handled it pretty well just telling him like hey man don't use that word i don't like that word we don't like that word culturally speaking that is not a word that that any of us are really cool with especially in this kind of a setting um yudoka i thought took the super lame way out and was like we'll do something about it then right uh which of course like he, Telling somebody to do something about something when you know that that person like cannot or will not do something about it is about as lame as it gets. Right. Um, and, and like, he knows, he knows LeBron is not going to get himself ejected out of that game for being called a bitch or whatever. Like that is not something LeBron clearly didn't like it, but like LeBron's not going to let it escalate to there. He's been called worse over the course of his career um, whether it's by peers and certainly by fans. And, you know, he, he you know that you aren't going to, like, escalate the situation to get LeBron thrown out of the game and 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 completely shift momentum in your team's favor. In this case, Yudoka gets thrown out, Lakers go on to win, and and honestly, I think justice is pretty well served. I'm I'm really kind of curious. The, the league kind of took a couple days off, um, you know, so the Lakers played on Saturday night. There were no games Sunday and basically no news Sunday. Um, I'm kind of interested if we're ever going to get like some report about Udoka, like 
challenging a player to a fight essentially on on the sideline like that isn't exactly behavior that uh would would remain consistent with a leader in that spot but hey it's Ime Udoka and you know we've never heard of him acting a fool in the workplace nope not ever let's talk about the game though and the game itself was was a fun one I was not able to watch it live but I did go back and I did rewatch it and I did have a couple notes here from it um first and foremost man was it nice to have a fuller collection of wings uh, to throw at the Houston Rockets, right? Who do have some perimeter scoring. And, you know, you look at, you look at some of the nights that their, uh, that their perimeter scores had, right? Um, Jalen green ha- went four of 15, one of six from three point range uh, en route to 10 points and a minus six on the night. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Played 40 minutes, 7 of 15 from the floor, which is fine. 4 of 7 from a three-point range, which is fine. Uh, 22 points, but was a minus 22 in the game. Um, and, and you know, I, I just, his numbers look fine, but I never thought that he was very comfortable on either real side, especially defensively. I didn't think he, he, he was okay with, like, the amount of size that the Lakers were able to put on the court at basically all times on the perimeter, having more guys available. And, and yeah, like from, you know, Tari Eason, uh, it's just, it's just not a, it's it Houston's small guys never looked all that comfortable out there. And it's not like their big guys did much better. Right. Uh, Alperen Shingun, who has given the Lakers some issues with some physicality that he offers. Uh, He goes eight of 25 from the field, um, which is well below what he normally shoots. Um, And now, you know, of, of the players, I think he was the least negatively impactful on the, on the, on the Rockets. Um, other than the guys who came in at the very end, which in a second, I'm going to talk about some of the garbage time that we have seen so far from the Lakers. And I, I, I do kind of think it's a bit of a reflection on, on him. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, like the Lakers were able to, to spend, you know, Torian Prince gets 29 minutes. Cam Reddish gets 24 minutes. Um, uh, Max Christie gets 29 minutes, and this was uh, with Rui Hachimura not playing in this one. Uh, apparently, he went through warmups and was not very comfortable, so they decided to not, uh, uh, you know, make him available for the game. Um, Jared Vanderbilt did play 14 minutes, pretty whatever performance from him, but having that many wings available and that much size and that much athleticism and length. Um, available. The thing about wings is they are inherently, unless you have an Anthony Davis, which the Lakers do, <laughs> thankfully, but wings are typically going to be your most versatile defenders. And, and in this case, when you, when you have multiple wings on the court, as the Lakers did because of the minutes allocation, um, where you have, sometimes you have Max and Cam out there. Sometimes you have, uh, Jared and Max out there. Sometimes you have Torian and Cam out there, or you have Torian and two more defensive-minded wings. Um, that allows your defense to do so many cool things. You can do more switching. You can uh, you can play the passing lanes differently, where it, you can you can you know a wing 
a good athletic wing like Cam, right? The, the thing that makes Cam special defensively, Cat Reddish, is that uh, he can play a passing lane. He could be in a passing lane effectively without being as far into the passing lane as, say, like, you know, D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves, where if Russell or Reeves are going to deflect a pass, it's because, like, the offensive player accidentally hit them with the ball. Cam, though, can be a few steps over and still impact that pass, whether it comes in the form of a steal or just a deflection. Max is very good at this, too. And and that, that kind of length just really changes who the Lakers are defensively. And, and frankly, who they are just generally, right? Coming into the season, you thought, well, they would be this offensive, you know, this kind of efficient juggernaut on offense, and they would maybe play enough defense to get by. But with the way that this roster is built and uh, with, you know, the impact that guys like Cam Reddish and Max Christie have already had on this season, it's pretty clear that the identity is actually kind of close to that championship team where, they actually make their billing, you know, they, they make their name on the defensive side and they, you know, just suffocate you um, when it comes time to try to get a bucket in some of these meaningful moments, uh, whether that's in the fourth quarter or the, you know, whenever the Lakers with that group can, you know, the group of wings that they have at their disposal, they can shut water off. And that is uh, in, in, you know, in this era of these high powered offenses zigging where everybody else is zagging and focusing on just getting the ball through the hoop as often as possible. Um, and if you can have an effective defense and look, it remains to be seen if the Lakers can be, you know, as effective as they need to be defensively to be able to zag, to, to zig where everybody's zagging or zag when everybody is zigging, however you want to do it. Uh, if the Lakers are, are going to be that kind of a defensive team, then <laughs> then that makes them really difficult to deal with in the playoffs because that is something shutting teams water off. That is something that like maybe two or three teams can effectively do in the postseason. And uh, with this many wings and if ham properly utilizes all of those wings, that is a dangerous dangerous defense that allows you to get out in transition allows you to make up for um what the you know the 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 poor shooting that the lakers have had to start the season i don't i don't think it's a coincidence that you know and the lakers still didn't shoot particularly well from three-point range uh they went eight of 27 from 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 there but you look at their wings right max christie he went three for three um torian prince went three of five he's kind of progressing to the mean recently um and and uh austin he went one of four which isn't great but but like i i think that the the wings who have had more pressure on the on the three pointers that they have shot you feel that pressure a little bit less when like everything doesn't feel like it's riding on those shots if the lakers are able to get out and get some easier baskets that doesn't make it as crucial that you knock down every single three that you have so the fact that the lakers were able to shoot uh, worse from three-point range. Um, and, and you know, they made fewer three-pointers than the other team. They did get to the line more than Houston did uh, and made, you know, 19 free throws compared to the 14 that, that Houston made. That helps make up for the nine points that you're surrendering 
on the uh you know in the three-pointer department the lakers grabbed nine offensive rebounds um compared to houston's 11 again the math is starting to shift in your favor you know, against you here but houston turned the ball over 16 times and the lakers turned the ball over only nine times and that that you know, difference there is, is how you kind of offset the math, right? I've talked a lot about the series of stats that really made me nervous here. At some point, the Lakers needed to do something to bring that math a little closer to in their favor. And in this case, uh, they did so by turning Houston over, uh, making them uncomfortable wherever they were on the court. And, and I think that at least until guys are more comfortable in the five out or until five out is just scrapped altogether. Um, I, I, I think their, their most effective identity is a shit ton of wings, LeBron and AD physical, versatile, athletic up in your face. You do have your skill guys, right? You're still going to play Austin. You're still going to play D'Lo, but your wings you know, between LeBron and Rui and Vando and Max and Cam and Torian, um, and even like AD when he's moving the way that he's like capable of moving at his absolute best, he moves like a wing too. So when you have that much defensive versatility and that much length, that to me is the approach that I would take here moving forward from the Lakers. And, and it'll be really curious to see how uh, Darwin does that, right? You did see uh, Christian Wood play in this one. He played 11 minutes, and Jackson Hayes played only six. I think all of Jackson's minutes came when the game was basically decided. So it looks like Wood is still going to have a bit of a role here. But, you know, if the Lakers do roll with, you know, a ton of wings and and whatever, that means that Wood's stints are um, – you know, they're going to be a little bit more limited, but I think they're going to be more effective because he won't be playing next to Jackson. And instead he'll be surrounded by a bunch of wings who will kind of stymie the amounts of guards who were driving in on him uh, to this point in the season and, and maybe make him more comfortable on defense. And then maybe uh, by not being next to Jackson Hayes, maybe he'll get a more, uh, a, a, a more consistent, uh, type of 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 diet you know shot diet that makes him more comfortable on, on the court as well um i just i like i don't think it's a it, it's a coincidence whatsoever that the lakers got all their wings back essentially and looked completely different that's what ham said that's why i was reluctant to fully shit on the lakers while they were um struggling without all of those wings like i'm telling you i've been saying this for years this was one of the first epiphanies in my analysis of the sport is wings are the key to good basketball. And when you have more of them and you have better wings than your other team, that gives you a real chance at beating just about anybody. And the Lakers looked great when they had, you know, something closer to their full selection of a wing group that I think is quite strong. Uh, also important right, is that the Lakers now on Tuesday will be playing the, uh, the the Suns with a fuller selection of those wings. Uh, and they'll be well-rested, right? They will have had, they played Saturday, so you took uh, Sunday off, you took Monday off, now you play again on Tuesday, so everybody's nice and well-rested for this game. 
Um, and, you know, seeing as Phoenix now, I believe, has Devin Booker back. I don't believe that they'll have Beal back. I, I, I'll have to check. But um, as of right, as of the time that I'm recording this, uh, they, I don't believe that Beal is going to be able to go in this one. But you do have Booker. You do have Kevin Durant. And that makes it that much more. Uh, <laughs> I, my, my, my uh, tension is somewhat eased. And my anxiety is somewhat eased, given that, you know, you have Jared, uh, Jared Vanderbilt to throw at Devin Booker. You have Cam Reddish to throw at either of those guys. And and you have uh, Max Christie to throw at Devin Booker. I'm really curious how he handles that one. Um, and the Lakers, I think, have enough to make Devin and, uh, Devin and Kevin work at, you know, just that little bit harder than most teams are going to. And, and that slight step back, if you can make those guys just slightly less effective, slightly less efficient than they are norm normally, then that is essentially the entire identity of the Phoenix Suns. And it gives you a pretty good chance um, on your end to have played enough defense to, uh, you know, force them to really have to get a few stops themselves. Something that, you know, Frank Vogel is a very good defensive coach. They are playing, I think, pretty good basketball. Um, on that uh, on that side of the ball, I mean, clearly they're they're winning enough, even while not typically having all three of their stars available. And uh, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I you know that the Lakers are probably going to play hard now that this is a single elimination. Um, I'm really curious how this is going to go, how it's going to look, and all of those things. Uh, just don't tell anybody whatsoever that you heard me say that that I'm looking forward to an in-season tournament game. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Again, please uh, rate, you know, review, uh, subscribe, all of those things, wherever you get your podcasts or here on YouTube. Um, the, the, the channel continues to grow, so I greatly appreciate your guys' help in doing that. Um, and then a little bit later today, uh, I'm still working on the time, but a little bit later today, I'm going to be having a conversation with Cranjus of the Lakers Exceptionalist uh, Exceptionalism podcast. Um, he does great analytical work. He's a supremely intelligent person, but he and I are going to battle it out about shot diets and how, uh, you know, I think sometimes they there can be a little too much focus on efficiency uh, and it can sometimes make players a little bit worse. Uh, or a little bit less impactful than they than they necessarily could be, uh, specifically Anthony Davis. So uh, make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. That will probably be held. That conversation will be held live uh, here on YouTube, um, and then you know obviously converted into the you know, a pod for you guys to enjoy whenever you choose to enjoy it. So until then, and, the, and, and until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin. Saying have a great rest of your rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I will talk to you. Yeah.